what is up guys um so just a little update here um so i'm pretty aware that you know people aren't super interested in these daily episodes so i've got maybe a few that i might post i might not post them but um in all honesty i've had um a summer of not really being able to figure out like not really that I can't figure it out or that I haven't figured it out but I haven't really looked into it or really like um taken the initiative or effort to really um dive into things look into the analytics look into kind of like you know a more niche down approach I've kind of been scattered and definitely all over the place um but as September is becoming well as September is already a kind of milestone month for me this year in 2023 um you know I'm like let me just let me just get back to the roots um so this podcast started back in um I believe it was like November of 2020 and at that time you know we were at the end of the year not at the end of the year well at the end of the year that the pandemic was um kind of announced so we were sitting through the Rona I can't remember exactly if we were all kind of like stuck at home then I really my mind is so foggy about like what was going on at that time but I do remember around eh, maybe just before summer that year um things were already getting more and more isolated and so I'm gonna assume that by November um because I know we'd already started the distancing a little a little bit before like May, I want to say it was like March or something. I really can't remember, but um, so I'm pretty sure by November of 2020, we were already kind of like locked down and you know, everyone was kind of in a panic. And you know, originally I started this um content, you know, talking about topics that were things that I was experiencing, things that people seemed kind of interested in. And we've had some changes with the platforms, with things with Anchor and going into Spotify for podcasters and some issues with the uh, algorithms and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that that first month was going pretty good. Um, and, you know, you know, last night I was kind of I was like, I'm up. Let me like work this through because like it's not like I don't know what I'm doing it's more so that I'm just I've just been posting whatever because I'm like well the platform's here I'd rather post anything rather than posting like nothing so part of me is debating if I'm even going to go back and just take down all those daily episodes because it's been like most of the summer I've been posting those I think I started posting them in May of 2023 
three, I guess, um, on here. And, you know, they didn't get much traction. It didn't really help any of the ratings or anything. And it's like, well, if you guys aren't really into it, you know, it's kind of a waste of effort and time to, you know, post them on here, um, to kind of upload them on here. It's kind of like, well, why upload them? Um, and I kind of get a little not interested. Um, like the reason why I started doing them is because I know I get a little rambly. And so my purpose initially for posting those was to kind of put, put all the rambling into one type of episode and then, you know, have a more focused episode that kind of had like an actual topic, niche based topic, not just like, oh, these are the random things that happened today or yesterday or whatever. Um, so I'm I'm going to get back to, you know, those topics. Um, so, you know, I'm, it's a bit of an evaluation process. I I started it. I don't I mean, I've talked about it a little bit before, but it's been in the works but I've been trying to get my energy together to be able to do it. And so I think I might have hit that point, at least another stage of that point. Um, last night, I was up late and I was just like, let me work on this because I'm already up and I'm not sleeping. So let me just go through all the data that I have. Um, and so I kind of know what people want to hear. I mean, I already knew, but it's like, I've kind of just ignored it and just been like, whatever. So I'm going to get us back to our roots and, you know, post kind of closer to the original stuff that I started posting back in, um, back between the year of the whole year of like November, 2020 through November, 2021, you know, people tended to like that content and so I'll I'll probably just keep things along those lines. I mean, there were still multiple like uh subcategories to kind of go with and but all in all honesty, I haven't really been or I hadn't really been too reflective on the stuff I've been doing in those areas. I've just been kind of putting the energy into doing it, learning things, and then just move on with the day. I haven't really been, like, talking about it too much. So, um, evaluation processes can be hard. It can be hard to, like, change something, um, into another thing, um, and to be more focused, um, because for me, it can be a little bit difficult. So, with that in mind, you know, that's, I'm going to use that to preface that, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about this uh, topic of work satisfaction. So with work satisfaction, job satisfaction, career satisfaction, you know, the task you find yourself doing every day for work to make money, you know, um, that can vary that can vary like a lot of us at least in the millennial generation and like beforehand a lot of us were kind of taught you know go to school get good grades after high school it got to a point where after high school a lot of people would go to college 
and you know historically college wasn't always open to everybody but there also wasn't this like necessity for it or people would go into trades and there was a lot of other like racial stuff going on where it wasn't like too cut and dry of like okay I want to I want to have this um I want to go and you know have this education you know like not everybody had to do that like maybe they could go to college get a four-year degree get get a bachelor's and be fine or they could go to a trade school and be fine or they could graduate high school and just start working at um, a company and work their way up from there that wasn't so uncommon if we think about like the 50s and whatnot but then back then it wasn't as maybe equal for people to be trying to get into schools like I'm not I'm trying to shy away from the political aspects of things but when it comes to education and money it's kind of hard to take the politics out of it because when you take that zoom out approach and you just look at society it's like yeah there's definitely a lot of racial ethnic and you know cultural things that are happening so it's like it's hard to really be like okay we're just not gonna look at that and treat everybody like they've all been treated equally but um without diving into like the different subcultures um if we talk about you know the mainstream american uh leave it to beaver style you know society you know everything kind of looked the same right and this is like before the vietnam war this is like you know like things were kind of portrayed like like of course there was poverty of course there was you know racism of course there were laws that like supported racism all those things existed you know like um and you know once the 60s came things started getting stirred up more so one complaint that a lot of maybe non-counterculture people had in the 60s um was that you know people who didn't want to work were lazy people who didn't want to work or go to like a mainstream educational program and then get placed in in work people who didn't want to do that who were you know either considered hippies or whatever you know or were a part of this counterculture that was kind of you know in protest against how society was kind of doing things with the inequality with the you know with the you know everybody kind of looking cookie cutter the same you know individuality before this wasn't really um you know cherished it seemed to be kind of like almost like a superficial society where it was like go to school get a job you know a wife and a husband have like maybe two two kids and a dog and a white picket fence kind of thing like I remember learning about um um I always mix it up if it's called nuclear nuclear I don't don't know oh let me see I gotta look this up um 
Uh, I gotta figure out how to. Um. Um. Okay, so yeah, the nuclear family. Um, a couple and their dependent children. Uh, regarded as a basic social unit. So, you know, we I remember learning about the nuclear family in school. Like, I don't know if they even, like, teach about that anymore. Like, I have no idea what's what actually goes on too much about that kind of stuff right now. But, yeah, I remember learning about the, the nuclear family. And, like, everyone was like, this is kind of the goal to, you know, have this 9 to 5 and this nuclear family. You start work at this time. Your kids start doing these different phases of these things at these times. Uh, they graduate at these times and repeat the cycle of what they learn from their parents. And then the parents retire at these times. And the wife does this job. And the husband does that job. And, you know, it was very, like, just cookie cutter, you know? Like, there wasn't, like, a lot of deviation from that. Um, but when there was like a counterculture that set in and there've been many types of counterculture, um, you know, movements and, you know, in the sixties that was coming up and, you know, there was a war going on with, with Vietnam and other countries involved over there. And, um, you know, there was just this, this, just a lot of things changing all at once around that time, you know, um, and people who were the younger generations were not really interested in that whole, you know, future that was pre-planned for them to be like, hey, we're just going to go have our family and go get this house and have a, a white picket fence with my kids and these and this dog and a cat. And once we're done raising them at 18, they're going to move out and get a house and, you know, after college and get married and you know just follow this whole method you know they were kind of not into that they were they felt like it was soulless like it was like you know there's not a lot of passion behind it it's just work until you retire it doesn't matter what your heart says it doesn't matter what your passions are ignore all that stuff and just keep the same job you know, it wasn't uncommon for people to just do things that way before that counterculture um, movement was setting in. Like, people were just doing it that way. And, you know, like, after the 60s, you know, they, I mean, those people, you know, who were young at that time, you know, had my generation in like the 80s 90s you know they were our they're our parents you know so it's like it's not like they're too far from that but you know to some extent things did revert back to that go to school get a job all that kind of stuff you know and then I remember you know around was it 2008 when the economy crashed and you know, I saw a lot of my friends getting laid off and everything, but there wasn't really a whole like counterculture movement there. It was more so like everyone was going back to school or scrambling to get work or doing what they needed to kind of make things work out for their own independence. 
And within a few years, most people got settled back into kind of that whole like, okay, go to work, do your job, get ready to retire or go back to school if you need more school, if you need more money. I mean, the people I was raised around, that was kind of just how it was, you know. And then I knew some people that were friends that weren't really too much into the education side of things. They were more into, like, um, I mean, not that people who are into education aren't into work, but they were into work, but they were, um, like, they'd been working, like, in, in jobs that weren't, like, like... Like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, they weren't, like, trying to go back to school or get to some other level with things. They were they were kind of just fine working what they were working, and, you know, that was fine. You know, and, you know, I saw that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I just saw it and... Just did with, you know, just, you know, I was like, uh, you know, if people seem happy, like, whatever, you know. Um, it's different when you see people are, like, struggling and it's, like, you know, struggling with their, you know, finances or struggling with their mental health because of the finances or whatever it may be. But it's different when it's like, you know, maybe somebody has a low pay pay rate job, but they're just they're going and just doing it and they're fine with it. And that's what they want to do. Um, you know, I see nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if somebody wants that change and maybe mentally they can't get get there or I, I've, I've seen that more than anything, uh, even within myself, it's like sometimes there's a change that you want, but mentally you've got to get past some hurdles to kind of like be able to do it to do what you need to do to go through all those steps and all the pain and discomfort involved you know just to kind of get where you're trying to go um I've seen that before and um you know I've I've seen people um become able to you know work through the anxiety of it all and slowly by just immersing themselves or gradually exposing themselves to whatever it is that the anxiety is coming from they're able to kind of get more and more comfortable getting into something that's going to work better towards what they want but you know 2020 hits and all hell breaks loose, you know, um, so many things were happening, um, I don't think anything has fully recovered from that yet, and so now we're in this place where, you know, we've got a lot going on, guys, like, we all know it, even people who are doing well know that there's a lot going on, um, a lot of you know that, you know, I, I do dabble in listening to like Dave Ramsey's and Dave Ramsey and his associates um, content and with their books and everything. You know, I find it to be valuable and it's like easy to digest. Like, I'm not saying 
that everybody has to believe in it or do it exactly that way or whatever but it's like okay if there's some science behind it and there's some you know steps behind it that you know it's proven methods you know like a lot of brands don't have that they don't have the proof behind them they don't have the science behind them and 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 even if they do they're not like evolving that much um you know dave ramsey in a way has like a small evolution uh with the times like it's not fully like people mention like oh like you know that thousand dollar you know emergency fund you know like maybe way back in the day that would have been significant but now it's not because of inflation and like everything and like people are kind of on his case about like oh maybe in like the 70s or 80s or whatever that would have been okay but you know it's kind of more of the point of like getting the small wins and having something set up like it's not necessarily the dollar amount it's just how they talk about that a lot of people don't have a thousand dollars um, you know, I know people making a lot of money and there was a trip I was supposed to go on that I didn't go on. And when I told people that, you know, for financially responsible reasons, I was just not going to go to this trip because it's just not good timing. Um, you know, if I wanted to spend like over $4,000, you know, I could have done it another way. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable with spending that much money this year on something that wasn't I mean, it was, I don't know, it it just, it was hard for me to really, you know, I'm really working on the financial part of things and being really strict with it, so it was really hard for me to kind of really want to do that, Um, but then, you know, I had family members who were like, oh, like, what if I could give you, like, or I could only give you this amount of money if you, if like, there were people offering me money, but I was like, you know, not one person had more than like one to two thousand dollars. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they needed to give me money. I wasn't asking. People were offering, and I was declining. I was like, I have my own money. I'm just re- deciding I cannot afford, or do not want to afford to use my money for this type of thing. Like that's a lot of money, you know to pay over $2,000 just for a flight and then you still have to be somewhere for a week in another country that's not going to be cheap you know it's not going to be free you know you got to eat every day you got to lodge every day you're not just going to stay in like a hotel or Airbnb you're going to go around and do stuff and pay for transportation and pay for events and maybe pay to eat takeout it's not like I'm cooking in a hotel you're paying for the food so it's like that's good. that's going to be a pricey trip, you know. I'm not just going to go there and just not spend any money. And so I was like, you know, that's not worth the money for me cuz as much as I wanted to go, I was like I wanted more to save the money. And so you know, when I heard people saying, "Oh, I could offer this much or I could offer that much," and then other family members were like asking other people, you know, can they could they lend me like they were trying to do this I wasn't gonna take the money I wasn't gonna let anybody pay I didn't let anybody pay I'm like I have the money I'm just not going um but you know other people who wanted me to go were like oh well we can pay or we can well we can pay part of it not one person had four thousand dollars that they could pay not one person had over two thousand dollars that they could pay um I'm not trying to be judgmental I'm just saying it's like 
okay, if you don't have an extra $2,000 or an extra $1,000, like in my head, I'm like, and you want to take this trip, you know? Or they're like, oh, like, how about like $500 or like this person can maybe only lend you this much. And I wasn't trying to do that. Like they were doing this on their own, you know? Um, And, you know, I was just like, I'm just using that as an example. I'm like, I'm not, I mean, a lot of people think this way, but I'm, my mindset has somewhat shifted. I mean, like, I spend money on things. I go to San Diego, I go to concerts, I go to music festivals, I go snowboarding. That's not free. It's not cheap. It costs me at least a few hundred dollars, like, quite a few hundred dollars. Like, you know, um, like, going to San Diego for, like, three nights is probably going to cost me, with a cheap hotel, about 300-ish um, for a hotel, and then about, um, uh, transportation can vary, but I would say if I took a bus or something like that, it's maybe like 40 bucks round trip, 40, 50 bucks round trip, and then Ubering while I'm there, and then the food I have to eat while I'm there, um, you know, that's about as cheap as it'll get, you know, let's call it, let's call it a hundred for food, a hundred for transportation, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I'm just saying, like, what if that's the number, you know, that's already, like, 500 something bucks, you know, just for, like, three days, um, and so, you know, but I'm not really willing to do, to do too much more than that. But like, if you think about also, you know, I paid for a ticket for something that's probably two to 300 almost, uh, for whatever the concert is or whatever. And so it's like, you know, around six, around 600 to like 800, you know, for something like that, you know, and even if I was driving, um, a car down there, you know, that's still gas, you know, gas is going to run at least $60, um, and then driving around and paying for parking, if I never Uber, that's a lot of money, you know what I mean, like, it's not cheap, it's not free, so, that's kind of how I see it, I'm like, yeah, it's doable, yeah, it's possible, but it's not cheap, but I'm willing to do that because it's something I want to do and I have community there that I want to see. Um, so for me, that's more worth it than taking a trip to see, you know, family that I don't really talk to, you know, spend a lot of money and, you know, a whole week. Some family members spent two weeks. I'm like, to me, that's like, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. It's not like you're doing it every other month or whatever, but it's like, that's a lot of money. You know, 4000 bucks is a lot of money. And the way I kind of see it is, like, if other people don't have, like, a spare 250 a spare 500 a spare $1,000, um, i am not saying they... I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're obligated to, to lend me money. I'm just saying if people don't have a spare amount of money, but they're still willing to spend, like, $4,000 on a trip like that, it's kind of, like, an interesting thing and that's not that's not too far from how a lot of people do things um 
you know, it feels better to spend money and, you know, be impulsive with, with spending and, uh, I wouldn't call that really expensive, impulsive, like, you know, if you're working and maybe you don't have more than a thousand dollars, you know, and you only have 250 bucks that you're willing to lend, you might still have more money. Like, there's a lot of variables here, but, I mean, the reason why I'm mentioning it is just, it's just, like, kind of, like, a random example of, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's easy to make decisions that aren't based on financial goals, you know, I don't think anyone going on that trip was doing it as part of their financial planning, they were doing it as part of their leisure planning, right? But if I'm not in leisure plan mode, you know, I'm probably not going to be doing trips like that. But, um, you know, this year is a saving a saving year for me, a building and saving year for me. So I'm trying not to get too distracted. Like, I'm still going to have fun and do stuff. But I, I, to me, that would have been excessive. This isn't the right year for me to take a trip like that. Um, I, I would very much rather spend $4,000 on my own projects than four thousand dollars on a trip an international trip so you know that's kind of where my mind is it's like I'm I'm more interested in building up my own things but I'm kind of getting way off topic here like um because I was mentioning Dave Ramsey and those uh the emergency fund and that kind of came to my mind that a lot of people don't have that extra money but that's another part of the problem too though when it comes to like an economic decline or some kind of crash you know a lot of people don't have that money and I'm not trying to be like blame blame people for their own money problems but it's like I think there was something I did I don't remember how long ago this was it was sometime this summer and I realized you know I went and I like I I had this one account where, um, you know, I wasn't really doing, like, detailed math. Like, Sundays are usually my budget day, but I wasn't doing too detailed of math for, like, a couple weeks, maybe, like, a month or so. I was just kind of like, I'm not really doing much, so I just kind of just didn't really check my budget or anything. But I remember I switched a lot of my subscriptions to come out of, like, you know one of these accounts let's call it like chime or like whatever account there was like some account that i was like oh i have this card that i never use but it's a free account so let me just put the money in it for what i think i'm gonna need for you know these expenses like because i was like tracking expenses because i'm like i know i have a lot of little expenses but a lot of them were like subscriptions and so i had put the money there for like the subscriptions and I was like, man, I have a lot. <laughs> like, it, it added up to a lot, guys. It was like, if I think about, like, monthly stuff. So if it's, like, car insurance, you know, that's not too pricey for me. Like, I'm paying, um, I don't know the exact number, but it's, like, under $30. Uh, my gym is, like, let's call it $27. Um, but already the two of those together are already almost 60 bucks. I'm like, and I'm not going to cancel them, you know? So there's that. There's, um, I think at one time I was paying for Uber One or Uber Plus or whatever it's called, like the Uber subscription. That was like $9.99 a month. 
Um, I think at the time, uh, freaking uh, YouTube was like fifteen ninety nine a month. I think it went up to eighteen ninety nine though. I think at the time Spotify was like I can't remember if it was like seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month. I mean, almost every subscription was like ten dollars or fifteen dollars. It's like with the ones I already named, we're already near like a hundred dollars right there, you know, just for like little stuff like that. And like, I'm not trying to like blame people, but I'm like, sometimes it's like, well, if you have YouTube, you could kind of make it work. Like you can make playlists on YouTube and not have to use Spotify and pay for Spotify. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I've done that before when it's like, I don't want to pay for it this month. I won't pay for Spotify, so I'll make some music lists on YouTube. Like, it takes more effort. You have to go in and, like, find it. And, like, but if you're paying for, like, YouTube Premium and you don't have commercials and stuff, you can get music videos and make the music videos, like, a whole playlist. Like, it does take a little more time. It's a little more, you know, that's not really what that app is for. But, I mean, like, and you know, music videos, sometimes they have, like, these weird, like, trailers and these weird little, like, pauses and stuff versus the song that might just get straight to the point. Like, sometimes there's some theatrical parts of the music video. So, it's, like, if you're just trying to rock out and then, like, say if you're watching a music video like Thriller or something like that and, or something that has, like parts in it where like the musicians are like walking around and talking to people and doing all kinds of stuff where you're just like in the song it, it's not like that you know on the album version that's the music video version so stuff like that that can get annoying um but you know it is an option you can do something like that it's not like impossible it's just the platform isn't really made for people to be like I mean, it's a video platform, so it's not really made for people to be just necessarily sitting and listening to music. But I do understand they do have, like, a music, a music, uh, YouTube has, like, a music, um, sub, um, subsetting or whatever you want to call it now. Um, I don't really know. I've never really, like, looked at it yet, but... Yeah, I'm mentioning all that because it's, like, I know that money's tight for people... But a lot of times there are things that people can change. Um, like, you know, I, I, I don't compl- I, I shouldn't eat fast food, but I don't completely avoid it. Um, and I started noticing after a while, I was like, you know, it's actually cheaper to eat in and out than it is to eat McDonald's or KFC or any of these other places. It's like Del Taco and um in and out are cheaper than McDonald's. Like, how is that, you know, possible? <laughs> you know, you can get fries and a and a cheeseburger at In and Out for under seven dollars. You can't get a Big Mac combo for under seven dollars. You know, I mean, it, but it does come with a drink. But it's like just things like that. It's like little things. Like when you think of all the things that add up. Like I would have never thought that I was paying over a hundred dollars in subscriptions just by the way it looks it's like eh, it's not like that much money but if i add like car insurance and like the gym and then all the other little subscriptions it's like yeah that's like over 100 bucks because there's some stuff sometimes it's like i didn't know i was paying for audible i didn't know i was paying for you know amazon prime like there's stuff that's like i just overlooked 
And it's like, you know, I slowly went through and canceled a bunch of stuff because I was like, I don't really need to be paying for this stuff monthly. You know, um, I'd rather pay the fee, the extra fee for the one thing I buy a month on Amazon Prime than pay the monthly you know, like, I feel like the extra fee that I'm paying is going to be less money than the Amazon Prime. Like, I don't really watch the movies on there that much, and my mom has it anyways, and it's like, <laughs> there's just things like that where I'm like, you know, if a lot of times if people really, 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 really want to save, um, and a lot of people might have nothing. A lot of people might have absolutely zero. They don't have any luxury, any subscriptions, anything like that. But a lot of people have them, but nobody wants to part with them because of the convenience. But there is sometimes a workaround. And so for people who are struggling with that stuff financially, you know, that's that's one big thing to look at. Like you could easily find a hundred dollars just by canceling them. Um, it can be a painful process, but it's also a painful process to be dealing with debt. And so sometimes it's like, you know, but it's just so hard though, because they're all at our fingertips, and all you gotta do is press a button, and you have something luxurious and cool that you can just entertain with, entertain yourself with. And I do the same thing. I'm not. I'm not trying to tell people they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying like, it's a choice. Everyone has to make their own choices. And um, but yeah, when it comes to like finances and all that kind of stuff, that that has become like one of the biggest worries for a lot of people and what's been happening with these counterculture movements lately is you know people waking up more and other people kind of more in a process of challenging universities right so people are challenging universities I think the first place I saw this I don't know for sure, but I think the first place I saw this was with that movie Borrowed Future. Now, I paid for that on YouTube um, before it was free, and it's one of those Ramsey-related projects about student loan debt. So right now, I think it's really popular. So if you want to watch that, it's a really popular um, it, you can find it free on YouTube right now. I think uh, the whole documentary you can watch it, and basically it talks in detail about student loan debt and kind of the reality of it. Like when you're starting college, you don't normally know that much about money because most of us aren't taught that much about money. Um, I mean, we're usually maybe taught. I think in school I was taught how to write checks. I think we learned that. I think we learned how to make like a balance sheet on like something like Excel. Um, like so you could see like, you know, expenses and profit and just kind of like you add money here, you take money out there. Like I think there was like a math class or some portion of like an economics class or something that had to do with like how to write a check, like how to have like how to like I think I think I learned how to balance a bank book from my mom. Like she's the one who took us to get our first bank accounts as kids and we had a I don't even know if they do this anymore. Give you that little bank book and then like I would write in it like 
how much I spent and how much I had and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, I first got a bank kind of before ATMs were everywhere. Um, So I remember when I first got a debit card, you weren't really able to like use them everywhere like that or you you'd get cash out and sometimes it would charge you it would charge you extra money and you know all that kind of stuff but like you weren't always able to use debit cards all the time nowadays you know people have all kinds of methods but i remember back then some places especially some mom and pop shops like they would be cash only and stuff like that um and I remember at some times like shopping with friends when I was like in early teenage years and them writing checks like at Target or something like that. Like, um, I mean, I've hardly used a checkbook. I think I've used checkbooks for paying rent. That's the most of of what I've used a checkbook for. I don't think I've hardly paid any other things in a check. Hardly, hardly ever. Um checks kind of became almost like obsolete all the digital stuff became more popular um and now you just pay everything pre-subscribed like on your own apps and stuff and so it's like you know things have definitely changed even in like a couple decades and and if and then within the last few years but i've definitely noticed people um having to change habits myself included like just having to make those choices you know I'd really love to go to Hollywood and visit some of my friends but I know how much the gas is gonna cost to and from and then if we're gonna eat dinner I know how much that's gonna cost you know and it's like is it really worth all those hours and all that money just to go out for like some steak or pasta or sushi or drinks or whatever it is you know you know sometimes I'm like I'd rather keep my 50 60 bucks you know um and that's like on the low side if you're not paying like expensive parking and stuff like but um yeah I've definitely noticed you know that when it comes to you know things like Um, you know, the, the, the new challenge against universities, people are looking at the amount of debt and it's like the amount of debt people come out with is significant. I mean, I've got friends a half a million dollars in debt for pursuing, you know, medical degrees, doctorates. I mean, they can pay it off if they start their career by paying it off they will be able to pay it off if they don't just like level up their life right away and start accruing way more expenses you know buying a house buying a car starting to have all these payments and now they're not going to have the money coming in to pay it off but if they still kind of stay at their same rate of living um for a while they'll be able to pay it off probably in a couple years um Let's say if they're making 100k a year, 150k a year, you know, I mean, they could live off of a hundred, off of like 50k a year now, you know, with two people living in, in an apartment or something or in a house, 
usually an apartment. Most of I I don't have that many friends with houses, honestly. Um, I've I have like one friend who has a house. Um, and I know a lot of people, and I have one friend who has a house. Um, everyone else has apartments out here, so you know, um, or condos. I have like two friends with condos, one friend with a house. Everybody else has apartments, and then other people live with either roommates or family. Um, I mean, some people aren't even paying rent and they're still having a hard time. You know, it's like it's rough. SoCal is rough. Um, but you know, I've I've noticed that people are challenging university systems. They're like, people pay all this money, and there are all these other alternative types of programs that are like trade schools, boot camps. Um, I remember way back, um, you guys probably remember this, like way back, DeVry Institute and ITT Tech, those were kind of popular. I don't know their job placement rate. I think I knew a friend that went through DeVry, and then I knew other friends who went through, um, just some other types of programs, um, But the people that I saw being the most successful weren't necessarily the people who went to school the most. It kind of just depended what field they were in. Like in my, with with my group of friends, the people who I'm seeing as, you know, the fastest successful people, I think went into like some form of engineering and out of a bachelor's degree were usually able to get a pretty high paying job um and in addition to that i saw you know friends go through nursing programs and become rns that was really intensive and fast paced um but they you know pretty much an equivalent of like a bachelor's and some extra training for nursing and they they were able to work and make a very good living at a very good career. Um, the people I know in psychology, the ones who got licensed, they had a longer route because a lot of them had to get masters and then just barely like within the last one to two years, most of them got licensed. So now a lot of them are making at least 60K, some of them closer to 80K, not not having private practices and then I know a few friends with doctorates that none of my friends with doctorates yet are fully situated because they're either brand new with their doctorate um or postdoc or some other kind of thing I'm not saying they're not gonna make it work it's just I'm just talking about what I've seen with my own eyes as far as like like, I feel like they're going to be stable in their situation, but it's it's a long game, you know. So I feel like the shorter game of people that went to four-year universities, it was mostly engineering and nursing. Um, people who went to the military, um, they seem to have been more situated um, than a lot of other people I saw who went to school for, like, you know, you know degrees in the humanities, all kinds of other degrees, um, 
where it's like if if they didn't want to be a professor or go back and get a master's, you know, that bachelor's degree wasn't really going to get them, you know, a job like I've seen a lot of people going into um like graphic design like I know at least I used to know a lot of people who worked for like video game companies and those types of tech companies um but yeah like I you know I always thought it was um you know it's it's interesting how we're a lot of us are taught you know go to school do this you know and right now what's happening I don't know if I'd specifically call it counterculture but people are really kind of trying to figure out you know what they want to do with 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 jobs um and with training to get jobs like right now that's kind of the the popular conversation is like is it worth it is it worth it to to go to these these four-year universities, these more-year universities, more than four years, um, is it worth it? You know, I think a lot less people are applying, and I've seen a lot of schools, even in, like, psychology, dropping their, dropping their, you know, expectations, like, for the GRE, and dropping some things that were standard, you know, that they're like, well, we need more applicants. And so to get that money from the applicants, they're like, well, you don't have to have the GRE. You don't have to have this or that. There's a lot of schools that are like waiving that now, which in my era, that was not a thing. You had to have those test scores and they had to be good. Like schools I got declined from, it was literally because of some scores like that. Like I interviewed at Vanderbilt and it was literally me or this other person and they took them because their GRE score was higher. And they were calling me back and forth, just kind of like, okay, would you be okay with this? Like, would this kind of lab be okay with you? And they were talking to the other person individually by phone too, like trying to see which of us was the candidate they were going to choose because they couldn't pick everybody. Um, but they went with the other person, and when I asked them specifically why, they were like, yeah, it was because of the GRE scores. Like, they couldn't pass them over when we were pretty equivalent on everything. My GRE scores were good, but my verbal was way better than my, but then my, wait, was it the other way around? No, I think my math was way better than my verbal, maybe. I can't remember. It was something. One of them was w- way higher. Like, my score overall was where it needed to be, but because one area was way higher than the other they're like they'd rather have it be even and lower than such a big spread between so um yeah like that was a thing then I'm wondering if it's going to continue to be a thing now um because these schools need students to be able to survive at the level that they were you know, professors need students in their classes, you know, class sizes need to be a certain size for them to be able to get paid a certain amount of money, um, it's becoming a bit of a mess, but I do think that there was some form of an abuse of that system, um, for a while now, which is kind of coming to light more, Um, So people are kind of right now kind of debating, you know, do I really want to go into that much debt 
when there's another way, like, do I want to go to the prestigious university or the private university that costs way more? Or do I want to go to the one that's cheaper, but I'll still get the same degree, you know, um, you know, like people are having to make these decisions now. And I feel like in my lifetime, I'd never really heard people making these decisions too much. Uh, I'd seen the opposite where it's like, it didn't matter how much schools costed when people were having trouble with work, they went back to school. And now I'm seeing people coming out of high school being like, I don't know if it's going to be worth it to go into school, but it is still kind of like, you know, a thing where in society, you know, if you have a bachelor's or a master's, you know, you might be more um, eligible, considered more eligible for some jobs. And then some people debate saying that, you know, are you really more eligible? Because all the people who got out of high school and went into like a trade program or went into some direct training, you know, in, in uh, like an internship or a, uh, what do you call it? Like an apprenticeship type of training. It's like they're learning the job. They're not learning. They're not so focused on this like social experience or so focused on this other thing like uh, like the experience of colleges and universities and dorm life and all that stuff they're they're just like focused on the job and you know I know friends I have friends who are like electricians I've known people who went to these schools to get um you know some kind of like training to like work on motherboards for computers and stuff and you know they basically learn skills to do a job and then they do the job it might be like a five thousand dollar training that you can get a grant for like trucking and stuff like that you get the job you do the job you can be making six figures within a few years without the half a million to quarter million dollar debt that a lot of people have once they get a bachelor's but then maybe they don't have a whole lot of experience versus someone who spent like two years from the age of 18 to 20 learning a job working on the job getting paid something for doing that work you know it's just it's just people are trying to make these decisions i'm not really gonna say one thing or the other is better like they both they both have costs and benefits because you know, degrees are still considered valuable nowadays. And so if you don't get a degree, that could sometimes put someone at a disadvantage at times and then other times, maybe not. But when it comes to, you know, the satisfaction in these areas of work, I think that's what it's all coming down to is like, well, people have all these other financial burdens these other expenses, these loans they've got to pay back, and with all this current stuff with student debt interest repayments starting and, you know, student loan payments starting back up and stuff, it's like, you know, I think a lot of us saw our credit scores increase when we got that $10,000 kind of knocked out, and then now it's like, that's really going to impact people's credit scores if they don't figure that out quick. Because they're going to now have an extra debt that they have to pay that they haven't been 
having to account for for years at this point um and you know so what makes somebody even satisfied with their job you know it's like if you can't pay your bills and live your life the way that you want to live it's gonna be kind of hard to like your job you know um if your job leaves you too depleted even if the money is good it's gonna be kind of hard to like your job so usually it's this line between this fine line between do I still have energy for my loved ones myself my family and friends at the end of my work day or during my free time on the weekends or when I'm you know not working or do I just have to sleep all weekend because I'm so exhausted or is it getting in the way of like forming and starting and keeping relationships you know people care about their relationships you know for me you know I don't like how the economy has impacted me socially because I can't just go to Hollywood and go grab some steak dinners a couple nights a week I can't just go down to San Diego when I feel like it and go do this and that when I want you know there's a process there's you know some thought that has to go into it um there's finances that have to be considered I can't just like it's not like before where it was like cheap to just go out of town for a weekend real quick within a hundred miles away and just get a hotel real quick stay there chill have fun have friends over use the pool you know party a little bit go out to a bar club come back and still having hardly spent any money you know it's like nowadays it's like the hotel itself the food itself you know the the ubers themselves you know everything costs a lot more than what it did and so you know i'm not just gonna go do it just because it's the weekend it's like now it's like well if there's not an event that has tickets that are already paid for i'm probably not just gonna go do that you know like there were times where i took trips just to like a little staycation by myself you know in the city where i lived just to get away from housemates and be out of town for a three-day weekend and chill in a hotel that was like five miles from the house just because I had space to myself that way and it's like to me that was fun and it was affordable and it was a good time and now it's like I'm not gonna pay to do that you know um you know hotels cost more the food I'm gonna be having to use costs more it all costs more so I'll stay home you know like um and I feel like a lot of people are are experiencing that same thing. So I think what a lot of people are kind of dealing with is, you know, that fine line between like, where's my energy going? Is it all going to a job that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still having to decide if I can still subscribe to everything I want. I'm still having to decide if I can go to every social event that I want, but I'm still working my butt off and don't have any energy to, to or money extra to spend or maybe I have the energy but no money to spend extra or maybe I have no energy but the money to spend this extra um I have plenty of money but no energy you know so to me I see that that seems to be one of the major things is like the whole back and forth between those the energy and the money do I have money do I have energy um people work so they can pay for what they want either immediately or in the future and if you can't get there then why why work 
for a certain place. So people don't want to work for places where they don't feel like they're getting what they want out of it, either at the job or outside of the job. And people also don't want to work um, for things the other way around, where it's like, yeah, you gave me all the money in the world, but I have no energy to even spend it the way I want. So it's the values aspect. Um, But that's it for now. We're going to keep going in this direction, guys. And thanks for listening.